Welcome to our Destiny family online, Destiny Table New York and uh, Destiny Table Louisiana coming soon. The Offermans, glad to have you guys and uh, appreciate just the partnership, the family dynamic that the Lord brings about both in the house as well as online. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day to all of you moms with us online. day I just um, <clears throat> appreciate all of our moms want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you online in the building and I also want to just voice special appreciation for a few moms that uh, most of them actually aren't even in the room but they actually have been here early this morning working to prepare all the parfait bar and everything out in the lobby when you see Tiffany in uh, the kids' area, give her a big hug. Wish her a happy Mother's Day. Chrissy, uh, Yexi, I know just a lot of people working hard to make all that happen, but we want to say thank you very much for all your hard work and for all of our moms. Come on, let's honor our moms today. God bless you. Really appreciate um, Kristen and what she was sharing earlier during worship. That's an emotional uh, piece that she was sharing and um, you may not realize but actually Pastor A.T. had constructed that and he's read that before and um, because she's so much prettier than him we asked her to read it this year <laughs> but I just want to honor you sir tell you we love you and appreciate your contribution to this house and uh, this morning This morning as I was praying over the morning, I felt impressed to share that piece in one of our uh, pastor's groups, and uh, multiple pastors started chiming in after reading it, saying, I'm going to share this with our congregation this morning. So that's being read in a number of churches, and um, I just appreciate being in a place where you may not realize it, but our worship and our interaction and our growth and our development is affecting the body of Christ in profound and significant ways. Um, a lot of networks and churches and families that we're constantly interacting with and uh, what the Lord is doing in you and what the Lord is doing in me is actually affecting the broader expression of the church and that's not something we even ask for it's just something the Lord began to put together and we want to honor the Lord in all of that um, I did feel something significant transacted yesterday Garrett Wilson one of our elders he and Crystal uh, we were having a conversation, and <clears throat> Derek and I totally agreed. How many of you know one day is not enough to celebrate our moms? And so we just, we voted, didn't even ask the ladies. We voted, we're going to celebrate our moms from Mother's Day in May 
every day until Father's Day in June. How many of you think that's a great thing to do? I think it's great. And it's only appropriate that we reciprocate in the same way. <laughs> Father's Day in June, just one day's not enough, so we'll celebrate that all the way till Mother's Day the following year in May. That, that is a, I, I mean, I, that bears witness to my spirit. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I want to recognize uh, both my mom for Mother's Day and my wife for Mother's Day. I got Tracy a special Mother's Day uh, gift. It's the perfect gift that I wanted to show you. I bought her a shirt, and she doesn't know this yet, but would you just put that shirt up? I want you to see. That is the perfect... <laughs> I think she would look amazing in that. Don't you agree? And look, uh, I put love him on the bottom. Happy Mother's Day, honey. Is that, your, is that like your favorite shirt now? That's great. <laughs> uh, my mom actually taught me a lot in terms of the faith growing up. Uh, she, she taught me, there are three key things that I've, I was thinking about this week that I appreciated my mom for. She taught me about faith, because when I was a kid, she said things like this, you better pray that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> she taught me about behavior modification, stop acting like your father. And my mom has this, this gift, she actually taught me about time travel. She said, you better straighten up, I'm going to knock you into next week. <clears throat> So sorry, that's, that's it. Those are all kind of bad dad's jokes. But How many of you would agree that mother's tuition is like a real thing? It's an interesting thought, and it kind of shapes what I want us to talk about today. I'm going to drive us to a point uh, that is a really important point to be made in this hour of the church, especially as we're trying to mobilize the church to understand Jesus didn't die so you'd merely go to church. <laughs> he actually died so you could become the church. When we come to church, our lives are enriched, and aren't you thankful for that? When we come to church, our lives are enriched, but when we become the church, our world is enriched. In other words, when we become who God's called us to be, the world around us begins to be transformed. And, and with that, we're mobilizing, and we're again going to challenge you this week to get around the table with somebody. There's something powerful just about the table and, and how the table of the Lord is central to that communion and communication and even a meal perhaps with others. But there's something really important. The more you get involved in close proximity, both physically and spiritually, with others, the more you need to know what I'm going to take you into uh, today and understand this is something that we've talked about for years in leadership forums and leadership groups and pastors um, but even more so than ever the church has to be aware of this type of, um, uh, of scenario this idea and we're going to drive to it this way that we first need to really get a clear picture there is more going on around us than we can see with a natural eye can I get an amen like even your amen, according to the Bible, uh, is a pulling down of God's promises into your life and into your leg legacy. 
Like the promises of God belong to us through our yes and amen. What does that even mean? That means we actually should be interacting with the Spirit of God when we're hearing the declaration of the Word of God. That then comes into our lives and gets assigned not only into our life but into the legacy beyond us. Everything that we do, our worship impacts a generation of people beyond the moment in time when we're worshiping. My worship in my lifetime actually has an impact on lifetimes after me, just as previous worship from previous generations of believers has helped pave the way for a spiritual climate and an atmosphere that more readily releases the hand of God in this moment in time for you and I to be able to enjoy and experience. I mean, you know, there's been a lot given to us from previous generations great price has been paid and so we need to pay it forward spiritually speaking in a real way in every way and we need to get that we need to understand that as we venture into this today so the whole idea of mother's tuition just starts to expose us to the concept and the idea that even in the natural realm in the realm of of science if you will we start to see there's something taking place here that's beyond just the natural and it helps us see um, and, and all actually thirst for a little more of an understanding of the supernatural that we were designed for. There's this, you know, this is not a seminary. This is the University of Arizona. Uh, they did secular research, if you will, on, on just to explore this idea of mother's intuition. And they, they got these mothers who were pregnant that claimed they had an intuition about the gender of their child. So they began to track this, research this. What they found was anytime a mother had an intuition about her child's gender, she was actually right, according to their research, more than 70% of the time. And this captured their attention, like, how can this be? How is that even possible? And then we start to put that together with other things, like, you might not realize it, but like this, this idea of I have a gut feeling is also kind of scientifically um, endorsed. And what I mean by that is your gut has, science tells us, five hundred million neurons that are actually connected to your brain so think about that there's this interaction taking place neurologically neurologically in a very profound way from your gut to your brain some scientists actually call the gut the second brain as a result of this so clearly science points to this capacity for what we want to call and talk about today spiritual intelligence that actually exists within us all that's why our worship needs to be more than just great songs that we're, we're you know, singing and we're enjoying because we can just get into a sense of entertainment. Folks, we really must make room for an encounter with God. You were designed for more than just appreciating good music. You were designed to walk in an attitude of worship. In the Western world church, some people show up to watch some people show up to worship, but we're driving for people to show up worshiping as a lifestyle before they ever arrive. We don't have to get you revved up because you like the song. You actually are in a state of worship, and the way you're interacting with people everywhere you go as you walk in this building, in Him we live and move and have our being at every turn. There's almost this sense of prophetic expression. This is who we are. We're designed by God for this mechanism that even shows up in science and has 
has these suspicious discoveries that, that people are looking at and they're saying, how can this be? And they scratch their heads. But you and I know through the theological framework we read about in Scripture, we know how this can be. We are children of God created in the image of God designed by the hand of God to interact with the heart of God as our way of life. That's who we are. And the Lord wants us all to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. And, and, and this is an important statement I'm going to make, and we all need to be willing to celebrate this statement endorse this statement, embrace this reality. We're living in a day where the world's fighting against the reality of God's Word, but I just want you to know there is only one way to go from spiritual death to spiritual life, and His name is Jesus Christ. He came, He lived, He died, but He's risen from the grave, and there are other ways. There's only one way. Come on, you need to help celebrate that declaration because in society today, there's a lot of attack on that particular issue. There's a lot of confusion in the world that you and I live in today, and we need to dispel some of those things and come right to the centrality of Christ in everything that we do, everything in our worship, everything in our relationships, everything in, a, in the way we pray and explore the Lord, in the way we work, in the way we relate to others around us. Jesus should be central. And he's constantly trying to awaken that Holy Spirit that is at work within us. You need communion with the Holy Spirit. You need fellowship with the Holy Spirit as your way of life. The Bible's very clear about this. Let the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit be with you all, Paul writes to the Corinthian church. Let the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What does that mean? Like you should be interacting with him. You don't need a man to teach you. Because the anointing will teach you when somebody else is speaking, when Kristen is up here speaking, when Tracy is up here speaking, when I'm up here speaking, when anybody is up here speaking, you should be learning from God, not a person. This is just who we are. We're designed for this interaction. We should practice this interaction with God as our way of life. So we're designed to commune and communicate with God I'm not going to go into it today. I've talked about this before. We've, we've looked at even how science communicates when two people get in proximity, their brain waves start to match. Isn't that crazy? We're designed to commune with each other on a supernatural level. I mean, I, I, I would love just to kind of explore that because it's such a challenging idea, but there is a sense of discernment even in the way we interact in the way we communicate with other human beings who are created in the image of God. But just know this, you're designed by God for this spiritual intelligence to be awakened within you as you walk this out. Now, some Christians say, and I've had this conversation with a number of people, well, I, I've never heard the voice of God. I want to encourage you not to believe that lie. If you are a Christian, if you have come to know the Lord and you have accepted Christ, you believed in your heart, you confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you're serving him because you understand the cross of Jesus Christ, then can I just get a loud amen from everyone who's known the Lord? Amen. Okay, if you are a born-again Christian, you have heard the voice of God. You cannot come to Christ if you do not hear the voice of the Father. 
So let me just take you through a few things in Scripture. We're going to first start in John chapter 6. So turn in your old-fashioned Bible. Hopefully you've got one of these old-fashioned Bibles that you can carry and one day leave to your children, to your children's children, some, something wonderful just about impacting generations after us with an heirloom of the faith where we're, you know, our, our encouragement. I just, I'm sorry, I, for those of you who hear it all the time, you might get frustrated with it. Uh, I say it so much. But every day, just turn the page. Start in the book of Genesis. Write the date at the top of the page, and every day, just turn one page. Genesis is great. Exodus is interesting. But then you start getting into some of the law uh, and you know, some of the other things, and your brain might not understand. But if you will just stay the course and every day turn the page, write the date at the top in a little prayer. Lord, open my heart to your will today. Uh, Father, open our eyes to see you today. Lord, thank you for your love today. A little prayer in the margin, then one day your great-great-grandchildren will have the Bible that you have journaled through with a date, and they will pray the prayers that you prayed in the presence of the Lord. I just think that's profound. And so I encourage you in that. And that's, that's why we always are encouraging, let's make sure we're bringing these old-fashioned Bibles that can become heirlooms one day. John chapter 6, verse 44 and 45 lord everything that we're talking about points to the reality that um, i'm not up here trying to provide a convincing speech but we've come into the presence of the lord there's a, a special presence reserved for the gathering of your people and your word points to that with clarity that when we gather together, you promise you'll be right here in our midst. And that as we're reading your word, there's the breath of God, the breath of the Spirit over the public reading of Scripture that just breaks bondages and distractions and, and confusions that can exist in our lives. And so even in the many Scriptures we'll read today, Lord, I pray your blessing would be upon the public reading of Scripture and open our hearts, soften our hearts, Lord, to receive the seeds of your word, being sensitive to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. John 6, 44 and 45. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. This is the verse. You can't be a Christian if you haven't heard God. It goes on and is even more specific. It's written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father, everyone who has heard the Father and learned from Him comes to me. You can't be a Christian if you didn't hear God. Now, hearing God and knowing that you're hearing God aren't always the same. <laughs> I mean, the Lord doesn't get the credit he deserves. How many of you would agree with that? Have you ever made a call to somebody, say, hey, man, you were on my heart, and they were like, man, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. I mean, you just, God is orchestrating things, and, and it's, it's worship gatherings like this, it's prayer, it's reading of Scripture, it's a memorization of the Word, it's coming together with other believers, talking about what God is doing. All that activates our spiritual intelligence on a deeper level helps us to have greater clarity in the way we are thinking and and you can't give what you don't have please hear me as i say this you can't give what you don't have so it's very important that we are cultivating this capacity and this ability so that we can then awaken it into the lives of those around us 
I don't know if you realize it or not, but some powerful things have been happening in our children's ministry. Like kids have been having visions during worship in kids' ministry. Like two kids, one Wednesday evening, were on two sides of the room, same family, same home, and they both had this incredible encounter with God. Mom comes in to pick them up, and one of the kids comes over and hugs her real big and says, thank you for bringing me to church, Mommy. I mean, oh, that's a beautiful thing. And, and she gets them home, and she's putting them to bed in two different bedrooms, having a conversation. What happened tonight? And the little girl told her what happened and, and the vision that she had, and it was very precise what she described. And then she goes into the other room with the little boy, the sibling, and said, uh, so how was church tonight, and what was worship like? And he, they hadn't talked. He described the exact same encounter and vision with God. Like, this is pretty amazing, wouldn't you agree? This is like what God wants in our hearts and lives. This is actually what the Bible says is going to happen in the last days when our sons and daughters begin to prophesy. Spiritual intelligence needs to be awakened within the body of Christ so our sons and daughters can rise up and become everything God has called them to become. They will all be taught by God. Isaiah 54, 13 is a beautiful verse of Scripture. It actually says all your children will be taught by the Lord. And I will address the anxiety that tries to contaminate their soul. Great shall be their shalom. We just release that peace over our sons and daughters right now. That they would just walk in a sense of peace and rest, looking to the Lord as their way of life, being awakened as they walk this out. So this language we read about in the Bible, I'm going to give you several portions of Scripture. But it reveals our design for spiritual intelligence in so many ways. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. This is, this is just such a great portion of Scripture. Uh, verse 9, and then we'll read verse 14. But again, hear the sense of spiritual intelligence. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. This is saying you're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. You need to view life from the scope and perspective of eternity. We, we need to understand that. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. It goes on to say in verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. How many of you are being led by God? Say amen. You are. I know you may not feel like it sometimes, but actually it's the Lord's lead. How I many you know the even, even the human institutions that are secular in society, according to the Scripture, God is in control? How much more so those of us who are spiritually alive to Him? I, I, I like to do things that um, I maybe shouldn't from time to time. If I'm in a, a, a crowd and, and somebody, um, you know, is, you know, it's like a, a boring speech or something going on, uh, sometimes I'll look for an opportunity just to entertain myself and start an applause, a moment of applause. Like in a moment that might not normally feel like applause, uh, then I'll just kind of wait. And when they, when they pause to take a breath, I'll just go. 
And, and what happens? Come on, join me. This is what happens. Yeah, the whole crowd. Like, you can do this. Do it in a movie theater. That's even better. Or on an airplane. Try it on an airplane. Like, when you're coming in for a landing and then you touch down, I promise you, if you'll do it, everyone will just start clapping. Like, we made it. You don't even realize you're being impacted by the applause, but that applause gets you to start to participate in applauding. I've done this with a small cluster of people in a group of people. We were all together, and I remember sitting in a restaurant, and we were talking, and I said, hey, let's initiate an exodus. Like if we all stand up, you know, like 12 of us in a group of about 60 that were there with us, uh, this was actually the school staff that we, we did this. Uh, I said, if, if all of us just stand up and start walking toward the door, let's just see what everybody else does. Guess what they all did? We got up and started moving, and they, uh, they got up and they started moving. Like, they didn't even realize why. I'm simply making the point, you take promptings and cues far more than you realize in the natural. How much more so? The Father in the Spirit sometimes a prompting or a cue and you just suddenly make a maneuver and you're not even exactly sure why because the holy this the, the bible says the men of old the prophets of old longed for days like you and i would have where god puts his spirit in us and moves us like they would see the temple this this big temple and, and they would think you know on their pilgrimage annually to go into the presence of the lord as far as they could go in they would see the temple and they would all talk about one day, the Bible actually describes this awesome place that contains God's presence will actually be the people. Like, can you imagine what they thought in the realization of that prophecy? It's here we are. <laughs> like, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's within us. He's not just with us. He's within us. There are these promptings and these interactions that take place. We read about this further in uh, Ephesians. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 19. I keep praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why didn't he just say that God would give you wisdom? Because he's pointing to something beyond the natural. Give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in your knowledge of him. I ask that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Did you know your, eye, your heart has eyes? Well, that's kind of strange. Have you ever seen somebody that say, oh, oh, excuse me just a second, I got something in my eye. They start rubbing their heart. Well, no, that, I mean, there's something there speaking of something more than the natural that's going on, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the hope of his calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the surpassing greatness of his power to us who believe. There is a deeper reality that exists within us. And we need to learn to explore and be in touch with what that really is there's always something more going on than meets the eye would you agree this is why second uh, corinthians 4 tells us fix your eyes not on that which is seen but on that which is unseen i mean do you see this language is everywhere in the scripture but this is the point i want to drive to 
And this is the final verse of Scripture. Just turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. This is a pretty important reality. Um, and, and let me just help set the tone just a little bit for this so that you can digest it maybe a little more readily, a little more easily. You understand, in the physical, you have a spiritual immune system. Has anyone ever had a time when you feel like your immune system may be weak? Um, you know, you're, you're in a situation, you know, there have been times that maybe if you've ever gone through various types of treatment, they say now your, your immune system is vulnerable during this season of time, right? And so be careful, don't be around those that are, are sick. And then there are others that discover what it is to really have a strong immune system. Um, teachers, if you're a teacher, just uh, raise your hand. All of our teachers in this room, come on, let's just say a great big we love you and appreciate you, teachers. Um, and then our teachers are truly mothers and fathers in the realm of education and awakening things more than just intellect within the kids as we as spirit-filled believers function in that role. And, and our teachers go through a lot. One of our teachers in our school here at Destiny Christian School, uh, she was teaching. This happened to be a three-year-old class, and she was teaching. And I, I, I don't remember what all she was saying, but she said something real big. And when she expressed real big, a child on the front row had been picking his nose. Literally, at that moment in time, accidentally happened, flicked a booger, went right in her mouth. <laughs> True story. In fact, Clinton, you can attest to that story. That was your mom. <laughs> Wish her a happy Boogie Mother's Day for us, would you? <laughs> <laughs> and so here she is, Miss Trawick. Like she all of a sudden realizes what's happened. And she gets the hand sanitizer and is like, ah, ah, don't do this, children. Ah, she's awful. It's just amazing when teachers get around these other little humans, though, they develop this strong immune system almost like an iron immune system, and they can be around sickness and be less impacted by it. How many of you know when your immune system is strong, you can be around sickness and be less impacted by it? What you need to understand, you actually have a spiritual immune system. And if you will strengthen your spiritual immune system by being in places of prayer, places of God's Word, places of gathering as the church, places of interaction together with other believers, your spiritual immune system begins to be strong. You can even get around people that are spiritually sick and not be impacted by that sickness, spiritually speaking, that actually is on their lives. And the Bible cautions us about this very thing right here in Galatians chapter 6. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, if anybody's dealing, you know, with they've given in to spiritual sickness, spiritual, this is speaking of transgression, sin in our lives, uh, something they're dealing with. If anyone is caught in transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself. What? I'm supposed to be helping them. Why do I need to keep watch on myself? Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
This is speaking of a wild reality of intercession that you and I are actually designed to carry because we are called by God to function in a different realm. And if you don't understand this, then when you start getting in proximity to other people with various problems, their problems will start touching you and you don't know how to deal with it because you might not be spiritually aware that God actually warns us about this. I want to say to you, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. When you get around somebody and they're contending with depression, guess what's going to happen with your emotional disposition? Boy, the enemy's going to start trying to weigh you down. But be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Declare the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you get around somebody contending with various types of issues in their marriage relationship, your marriage may start falling under attack. But be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. For he'll awaken a strength that is he can put within you that will cause you to more than conquer those circumstances situations not just in your own life but on behalf of those you're called to minister to you can carry this kind of power where everywhere you go the presence of God is impacting the lives of those around you simply put some of your battles are not your own so don't own every battle as if you're supposed to personalize the feelings you're contending with at any given moment in time maybe you don't deal with depression as much as you think maybe you're dealing with demonic oppression of other people that trying to get on you you just need to step into a place of recognizing god wants to strengthen the fiber of your life the spiritual anointing that rests upon you is great enough do you understand do you understand there is enough anointing in you, individually you, when we're coupled together, something powerful is released, and being connected is an important part of this, but I, I do want you to understand, there's a, because Christ lives in you, there is enough anointing in you to conquer all all depression in the entire world all around the globe. That's the amount of power that exists within you. But to activate that, <clears throat> to activate that anointing requires us to function in that place of just the pursuit of God, not just alone. Jesus said, when you pray, say, our. Something about community. It's a really important part of this. And coming together, this strength that's awakened. If two agree on earth is touching about anything, it'll be done like this power that exists if we'll function in this regard greater spiritual strength and stamina are discovered in the context of community folks we need each other and this portion of scripture in galatians 6 goes on to say in verse 9 just exactly where we've just been reading you know you get those of your spiritual restore be careful because their stuff can start to hit you know deal with you and then it goes on, it says in verse 9, let us, notice the words in community form, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I just want you to know, church is not just a place you attend to make sure you're getting your spiritual fix on. This is supposed to be family. 
we're supposed to grow deeper in our relationship. This is not a, you can't go to church. You actually are the church. And we gather as the church. And you can sit at home and, and watch online and never form any relationship. You can come into a building, pop in, pop out, and never form any relationship. But that's not what you're designed for. You're designed for this deep sense of communion and community that God's called you to. In fact, I'll go so far as to say isolation and individuality that plagues our society is a spiritual sickness. Isolation and individuality. Yeah, I'll go to church. I'm just not going to connect. I, I just don't like people. I've had people tell me that. I just don't like people. <laughs> Do you want to be like Christ? That, that's, I guess, the biggest question. I mean, I understand some people are more extroverted, some people are more introverted, but ask God how to use the gift and the wiring that he gave you to love others well because that's actually your assignment from God Almighty. Don't dismiss something because of the way you are. <laughs> Ask him to make you the way he is as your ultimate goal in life. Isolation and individuality, spiritual sickness, all I'm saying is it is not good for a man to be alone. It is not good for us to go on this journey alone. So I'm going to ask if the worship team will come. <clears throat> we're, we're asking if you'll just set some things into motion. This week, come discover the table. This week, we're asking everybody, just come to the table and explore a deeper place of worship by making a simple, relational effort to know God's heart together. It's, it's a worshipful expression just to build a deeper, more meaningful friendship. How many of you know life is busy? We live in a society that is very busy. But I, I've said this recently, I want to say it again. If our children are exposed more to the atmosphere of rush or busyness than they are the revelation of Sabbath, then we're going to have to answer to the Lord for that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm no longer in any feeling of rush in these moments. I have, I've given myself to that. I've, I've been, as a pastor, we live in a society that really demands that we produce an efficient religious commodity to get people in, get people out, get them on their way because they're so busy. And inadvertently, we're endorsing the very thing that's destroying people's spiritual lives. So anytime I start feeling like I've, I've got to oh, get this in the middle of a message, I'll just stop talking. And you'll notice I'm doing that less and less because I'm finally training myself or being trained by the Lord just to be a little more at rest with everything that we're doing. That music starting is a problem for your schedule because it starts activating something of the prophetic waters. And today, I just asked Pastor Chrissy if I could just kind of hang with this moment together in worship. I want us just to take a little bit of time and just really understand like when we start to worship again for just a few moments here before we conclude think about it 
when we start to worship, God says, I'll inhabit the praises of my people. Like when we start to worship together, he's going to come. He's here, but he's going to come in a more pronounced way. It's like if somebody wants to mess with my daughter, Faith, and all of a sudden I come into the room, how I many you know whoever's bothering her, if they know I'm her dad, they're suddenly going to be aware. But if I come over to her in a more pronounced way and I embrace her, then it's going to be very obvious. Okay, hands off, leave that. Leave her. We're not going to be able to manipulate her or whatever it may be. We just need to learn to live in the embrace of the Father where the enemy knows he cannot have any entrance into our lives. So this week, get around the table, make a connection, and, and this is your suggested conversation. It's just pointing us to what we're talking about today. What are some specific things you can do this week to cultivate and develop your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in your daily life? Take a little time to have that conversation with someone and listen to what they would say they're going to do, and we can learn and grow from each other. Iron sharpens iron. Just pray for a deeper reality, Lord, of spiritual intelligence. Anybody who's not accepted Christ has no concept of what we're talking about because they're not spiritually alive yet. But when we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we move from death to life and suddenly we begin to understand things, see things through the eyes of our heart, know things through this spirit of wisdom recognize we have spiritual faculties come on let's all just stand together so we honor you Lord Jesus we recognize your life and your love for us come on if you're here in the room or you're online with us and today you recognize that you are not walking with Jesus. That can all change. But it's a decision you have to make. So we just want to join together and recognize it's the cross of Jesus Christ that actually changed the world more than we can begin to comprehend. But that's Part of what our role is is to continue to bring that community transformation as an expression of the great commission so lord we just recognize you are who you say you are you're the savior of the world you came you lived you died but you are not dead you are alive you're risen from the grave and because of the resurrection of jesus christ we are able to have life when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth jesus is lord everyone who declares that today in agreement say amen <laughs> he is worthy. He is worthy.
want to just invite our elders once a month. We give our prayer team a break and we have our elders come and make themselves available just to pray for us as a church as we take a few moments in worship. I'm going to ask if our elders would go ahead and begin to make your way. I didn't have my list, so as I see you moving, I'll, I want to introduce you. Dave and Lauren Fulford, uh, Wade and Jennifer Moore, Jason and Heather Shiflett, Jim and Diana Howard, Derek and Crystal Wilson. You better run, Derek. She's fast. Ryan and Gina Perry are out of town on our senior trip, actually, with our uh, high school seniors. I get everybody? I want to make sure I didn't miss anyone. Come on, just what does it mean to have eyes in our heart? <laughs> See with the eyes of our heart. As we worship, I, I just say his presence is about to come in a very intentional way. Do you believe that? Like, I really believe the word is true presence is about to come in a very intentional way just as we begin to sing and worship if two of you agree on earth is touching about anything it shall be done our elders are here we're available if there's sickness in your body if there's family household salvation if there you just contending with something in your life that you want the prayer of agreement over um, if you made a decision to accept Christ today then please come let us pray with you and embrace you and help walk that out So let's worship, and our, our elders are available as we are just before the Lord in, in worship for a few moments. Just open your heart. Just sense the nearness of God right now. Just sense what God is desiring to do. As we press in, we just begin to worship Him.